the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to the issue of sin, we oftentimes try to water it down as best we can. No, it's not really sin. It's a mistake. It's a goof. It's, well, it's just something that didn't quite work out right. At the end of the day, sin is sin, and the soul that sins will surely die. The day you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. That was the promise from God. Satan, on the other hand, is always trying to mislead, deceive, and misdirect us away from that truth. And that's what we're learning here in Genesis chapter 3. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno and online at highlands.us. Here's Pastor Leighton with today's broadcast in Genesis chapter 3. The oldest trick in the book is making you think that God might be holding out on you. He doesn't want you to be all that you can be. He's trying to suppress you. He's trying to hold you down. He's trying to limit you. He's trying to keep you bound. He knows you can be like God. You can choose what's right and wrong. You can do whatever you want. You'll be like God. So Satan suggested that God wasn't really looking out for Eve's good. He was only interested in himself and his own agenda. And it would be better off if mankind would get out from under God's thumb. Satan attacks God when he attacks our mind. And he uses lies. And that lie was so effective that Adam and Eve believed it and ate of the forbidden fruit. And instead of doing things God's way, they thought that they had a better idea And they did it their way. And look now how that's turned out. Instead of mankind living in a garden paradise, our world is instead filled with disease, violence, corruption, and death. People who believe Satan's lies and follow his plan don't realize that Satan is their master. And the lake of fire is their destiny. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. This passage has a parallel in 1 John chapter 2. Good for food or the lust of the flesh, pleasant to the eyes, the lust of the eyes, desirable for gaining wisdom or the pride of life. These are the things that motivate people of the world today. And when God's people start thinking like the world, they also start living like the world. Now, we don't know where Adam was, but the phrase in verse 6, with her, seems to suggest that Adam was pretty close, perhaps even by her side when she was tempted. And as the appointed head of the family, it was his responsibility to protect Eve and to ensure that she remained obedient to the command of God. But 
Adam failed in his God-given responsibility and permitted Eve to eat of the forbidden fruit. But why then did Adam eat of the forbidden fruit? Well, it doesn't specifically tell us, but the implication is that he would rather forfeit his delegated assignment and relationship with God than be separated from his wife. Or another way of saying it might be he chose to worship the creature rather than the creator. Eve was deceived, but Adam sinned willfully with his eyes wide open. And this is why the Apostle Paul points to Adam and not Eve as the one who brought sin and death into the human race. Romans chapter 5 says, For as in Adam all die. God sees Adam, the first Adam, as the head of the human race and the old creation. And when Adam sinned, we sinned in him and through him suffered the consequences of sin and death. But God sees Jesus Christ as the head of the church, the new creation. And through his righteous act of obedience and dying on the cross... Faith in Jesus Christ moves us out of Adam's sin and death and into Christ's righteousness and life. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked, so they sewed sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Now, this was not the knowledge uh, that they were bargaining for. Uh, The nakedness, which was formerly understood to be a sign of a healthy relationship between the man and woman, has now become something that's filled with shame. My dad preached a sermon that everybody loved. It was called, You May Get What You Want, But You May Not Want What You Get. Satan is a con artist. He is the master of half-truths. He is the master of bait and switch. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid themselves from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Sin produces shame and guilt. Guilt and fear usually go together because guilt produces fear, and fear makes us want to run and hide. Instead of running towards God to meet him as they would normally do, they they try to run away from God and hide. Can you imagine hiding from God behind a tree? That shows real desperation. But the Lord God called on the man and asked, where are you? If instead he said, why are you hiding? That would have underscored the futility of mankind's attempt. You know, God doesn't ask questions because he needs information. Because he's God, and he knows everything. Rather, he asks questions for our good. to give us the opportunity to face facts and be honest and confess our sin. God called Adam to give him an opportunity to answer and come out into open. And the fact that God called him and gave him a question at all was an act of grace because God could have simply spoken the word of judgment and destroyed Adam and Eve immediately. Verse 10, Adam answered, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Rather than charging the man with transgression, God allows the man to acknowledge his crime. The question urges a confession, not condemnation. 
And although I'm not aware of any clear indication of such, I suspect that there was a pause between God's first question and the second question. Who told you that you were naked? Pause. Pause. Hint. Hint. Opportunity for confession here. Who told you you were naked? And when God did ask him point blank if he'd eaten of the tree, Adam didn't say, yes, I did. Instead, he blamed both God and his wife. This was a major lost opportunity. It would have been a lot better for Adam and the rest of us if he had just confessed. But the man said, the woman you put me here with, she she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. And so now we have the first example in Scripture of passing the buck, blaming someone else. It's an indication of the extent to which Adam fell, seeing God's gift, good gift, as the source of the trouble. Adam was not only blaming Eve for his decision, he was ultimately blaming God. The woman that you gave me, this is why this situation is. You know, God, I wouldn't be here if you, if you hadn't given me this woman. I'm just a victim here. Victim mentality. And there are similar views in vogue today. Uh, one line of reasoning goes something like, well, sure, I, I, I do things that are wrong, but, but that's how I'm made. I, I was presented with, a, with genes that make me the way I am. So I can hardly be held responsible for what I do. It's like Italians speaking with the hands. I'm Italian. I have to speak with my hands. This is my mother's fault, Freud. It's the environment's fault, Skinner. Or it's God's fault because he he made me this way. It's not my fault. Humans haven't changed. Verse 13, then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you've done? And the woman said, well, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Yeah, she blamed the serpent. She didn't say the serpent you created, but I wonder if she thought that. These were excuses and not confessions. And when people start making excuses, it's evidence that they don't really sense the enormity of their sin and want to confess and repent. God's love for sinners in no way eliminates his hatred for sin. And while it's true that God is love, it's also true that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. Holy God must deal with sin for the good of the sinner and for the glory of his name. God pronounced a sentence first on the serpent and then on the devil who had used the serpent. And there's a possibility that the serpent may have originally been upright because of the curse that was placed on him. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. The latter portion of this pronouncement, by the way, is what theologians calls the protoevangelium, which means the first gospel. It's the first promise that there would be a coming Savior. It talks of his suffering, 
but his ultimate triumph over the evil one. And the author of Genesis intended here for these words to be uh, the establishment of the plot of the remainder of the Bible story. It was here that God declared war on Satan and gave the first promise of a redeemer and savior. Satan would bruise Christ's heel, but Christ would bruise Satan's head and defeat him. And at the cross, Satan bruised Christ's heel, but because of the death and resurrection, Christ crushed Satan's head and won a complete victory over him. To the woman, God said, I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pain, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. So quite clearly, the verse teaches that sin has its consequences. Consequences that have been instituted and set in stone by God himself. Rather difficult to find any kind of workaround. This has been Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Today, we have been spending our time here in Genesis chapter 3 as we take a look at Adam and Eve and the fall of humanity, the first sin that led to everything that we experience and know to be true today as it relates to the fall of mankind and our offense toward God. Highlands.us if you'd like to know more. And then come back and join us tomorrow for another broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.